Hello, church family. Uh, this is Ezra chapter 4, part 2. Uh, if you recall from yesterday, we talked about how uh, the Jews, um, mainly at this point, uh, Judah and Benjamin, uh, they were faithful in terms of rebuilding the temple that invited persecution from those that are around them. And uh, I said as a way to kind of think through this uh, for application points this week, we, I want to think about persecution as a whole. And the first one that we're going to think about today is why does it happen? Why does persecution happen? And the answer to that is that uh, the reason why persecution happened to Christians in particular is that the world hates the fact that we make exclusive claims. Uh, the Bible makes very exclusive claims. And oftentimes uh, the world pressures the church um to, to, to let go of those uh, exclusive claims. Uh, when Genesis 1, 1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the world scoffs at that, and then they rise up, uh, you know, arguments and um, insults for those who believe in Genesis 1, 1. And from then on, everything after Genesis 1, 1, uh, the Bible makes more exclusive claims. And each of these claims that come up uh, becomes offensive to the world because uh, the implication is that if you believe this, that what the Bible has to say is true, that means everything else is wrong. And uh, this is what happens here in uh, in Ezra chapter 4. Uh, we'll see this in the first three verses. Now when the enemies uh, explain that these were the Samaritans, people that uh, that, that were taken out by uh, the Syrians, that they're scattered all over, uh, uh, and they're now like, you know, they crossbreed it with other people, and now their descendants, after several generations, they have no clue which tribe they're actually from. Uh, but they claim to be uh, the same as uh, Judah and Benjamin. And, and, and you know, Judah and Benjamin are the only two that's left in terms of the two tribes out of the, uh, out of the 12. And these people, they're called the enemies, which is interesting because uh, the implication is that their their lifestyle, their way of thinking, and everything about them is now foreign to that of uh, the true uh, Israelites. Uh, they said that they heard that the people of the exile were building a temple to the Lord God of Israel. They approached Zerubbabel, heads of the fathers' household, and said to them, Let us build with you, for we, uh, we like you, seek your God. And that's a really important phrase here. This word God here, although it's capitalized in the NASB, uh, in the original, is more of just like a general term. Uh, it's not saying that they worship the Yahweh. They are not even using the covenant name of God, um, which tells you how far removed they are. Uh, they don't even use the covenant name of God, although they claim that they worship the same God. Um, there's a difference. The name matters. It's a covenant name. They don't know the covenant name of God. It's chances are they don't know the covenant. They don't have a covenant relationship with God. It says here, uh, and we have been sacrificing to him since the days of Eskernon, the king of Assyria, who brought us up here. Now, obviously, that's not true because there was no temple for them to make sacrifices. There was no altar. It wasn't like um, they're uh, doing the things correctly. Remember, we talked about how in the last chapter that the the, the, the Israelites, uh, the, the the two tribes, the two remaining tribes, all those that came back from exile, uh, they did everything according to what the God's word has to say. These individuals didn't. They didn't have a priest. They didn't have um, people that uh, that they they didn't have an altar. They didn't have a temple uh, because if they did, they wouldn't. I mean, they even did it in the wrong location as well. Uh, they, they were, um, the Samaritans were, were located uh, in the, like a hillside. It's uh, a different part of uh, basically not Jerusalem. 
they claim here that they were they've been offering sacrifices since then. Now, obviously, this isn't true. Again, uh, because uh, they didn't have all the systems. Claim that they worship the same God, and they used again a general term. They used probably general worship, and they say, "Oh, like we're do oh, we're all doing the same things." Um, but the Jews, uh, they, the, the faithful ones at least, they saw right through it. Verse three: Bezrubel and Joshua and the rest of the heads of the father household of Israel said to him, "You have nothing in common with us in building a house to our God, but we ourselves will together build to the Lord God of Israel." So, so uh, Zerubbabel and Joshua makes this dividing line. He's saying that no, like we have nothing in common together, and um, partnership. Uh, there's different types of partnership that I, that I think we need to understand. In living in a fallen world, we're bound to work with non-Christians. Um, you know, you, in your workplace or at school, you, uh, you know, if your workplace, you can, you know, you're bound to work with people that are of different faith or don't believe anything altogether. That's okay. That's not what <clears throat> that's not what the Bible is against. The Bible isn't against you having a similar job or workspace with other people. Or you know, if you're in school, doesn't mean you can't do like class projects together just because. Um, you know, you, uh, they don't believe in Christianity. What it means, though, when we have partnership is is, is aligning our, uh, saying that what we believe and what they believe is the same thing. So what's a sin to the Lord is when we say, oh, Buddhism and Christianity are exactly the same. Um, you see those, I don't know if you they still see those, the coexistence one where those little bumper stickers will have, like, different symbols and stuff. Uh, that's supposed to be, like, a you know, the waves to tell people, like, we are all the same. We all make exclusive claims, but we all end in the same place anyway. Uh, and we know that's not true. The Bible makes these definitive claims that's contrary to everything uh, that uh, that the world has to say. Uh, again, the problem isn't working with non-Christians, but rather Christians um, uh, declaring that uh, they worship the same God, Um the, these, this is what we call syncretism, where they will take aspects of, uh, of, of like uh, worldly and, sin, <clears throat> and sinful thinking and try to merge it with Christianity. Uh, this is why uh, Roman Catholicism so reptilian or a chameleon, or, or like a chameleon, uh, and, and that's why they've survived for so long because they start adapting and taking things from uh, other religions and try to assimilate uh, together, similar to the way that the um, Syrians did it. They took people. They may they force them to breed with one another, and they in, as a way to try to get rid of any exclusive claim that they don't even know where you're from. You all worship the same thing. Uh, in our culture, it, uh, hates exclusive exclusive claims because it, again, it, it implies that everything else is wrong. Um, but we know from Scripture that the Bible makes a whole bunch of exclusive claims, and the, I think the chief claim is that the only way to be saved is only found in Jesus Christ. John chapter 14. Verse 6, famous verse here, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the, and the life, and no one comes to Father but through me. Uh, Acts 4, 12. And there is salvation in no one else, and there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Uh, one more, First Timothy 2, verse 5 and 6. For there is one God and one meter also between God and men, the men, the man, Jesus Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all the testament given at the proper time. Uh, this, this, these phrases, one way uh, or, or one way of salvation means that there's only one way of thinking, one type of lifestyle, one worldview that can get you to, uh, to heaven. 
and that every other religion, even though they sound similar, they may sound similar, is actually uh, uh, false. Every other religion in the world is false. And um, so even if you think about all the Eastern religions, so like Buddhism, Hinduism, <clears throat> any type of Asian type religion, one of the things you'll notice is that there's always a reset. Uh, you, you you do all the good things in this life, and if you don't do enough good things, the next life you could do it again. You, there's like a constant reset for you to, to try again so that um, even if you worship a different god or whatever, it's all about things that you do. Um, Middle Eastern religions, uh, so things like Islam, um, even at times uh, uh, Judaism, it's it's about how much work you need to do. Uh, your good needs to outweigh the bad. But even Islam as a, uh, themselves has has like a little fail safe, and that um, you can as long as you do enough works. Even in the Quran, it speaks that like okay, uh, the Christians, uh, even though they claim that Allah is the only way, in the Quran itself it speaks that like okay, Christians and Jews as long as uh, they, they're part of us too. As long as they do enough good things, uh, they, they we worship the uh, we have the same books. The Quran itself actually says that you, you can trust the Gospels. You can actually listen and read to uh, if, if you if the Quran is confusing to you, then read the Gospels. Um, and even and, and that's just Middle Eastern religion, but Western religion, something that is um, that we're more familiar with, like Roman Catholicism. Uh, your Roman Catholicism is it's purgatory. You have to uh, once you fail in this life, you, you just go to purgatory and you work your way out. Or people in this life pay the Catholic Church so that you can get out of purgatory faster. Or um, Mormonism. Mormonism says that you can uh, even if you. Mormonism is a workspace salvation too. The only way for a Mormon to go to hell is that they enter the Mormon church and leave the Mormon church. But they are, they have these exclusive, uh, uh, not exclusive, they have these um, inclusive terms where even if you, uh, uh, let's say, um, worship a different God, the living person can baptize the dead for you so that those in the past can come go back into heaven. See, every other world religion has some sort of fail-safe, but the Christianity doesn't have that. It's, it makes it this definitive claim. If you want heaven, the only way for that is uh, uh, is through Christ and Christ alone. Second um, Corinthians six tells us, "Do not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, and what fellowship has light with darkness, or what harmony with, has Christ with Belial, and what has a believer in common with unbeliever?" This isn't to say again. This is not in terms of workspace, like in terms of like your career or school. This is about uh, making exclusive claims. That if you call yourself a Christian, the the way the the Christians think should be radically different from the world. You can't expect to honor the true God by marrying yourself to false gods. Um, again, this is about making uh, those exclusive claims. If, if if Islam claims to be the only way and Christianity claims to be the only way, those two cannot work together because uh, one of them has to be false. Um, and Christianity is, is an exclusive religion, and people hate that. And they will hate you and I because we're saying that every other religion is wrong. This is why we should never compromise, uh, because when we compromise, we begin to dilute the scriptures and we start looking like the world. But if we hold fast, if we are faithful to uh, everything that the Bible claims, then that will all that will invite suffering and persecution. Israel at this time, uh, he, they understood what happens if they try to be like the world. Because remember, uh, before the exile, they, 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 they practiced this kind of syncretistic mentality where they looked like the world. They adopted Baal, they adopted um, Molech, they adopted Asherah, they adopted all of these other false gods. And now at this point, uh, Judah and Benjamin are saying, no, uh, you may look like us, 
you may have some sort of similar descendants at us, but your worship and your God is different from us. Um, in our time, there's always popular growth uh, movements, and one of the things that you'll see oftentimes is uh, in order to, for a church to grow, is that you need to start letting go of certain doctrines, right? That's why when we say when we see things that oh the uh, church's attendance has dropped, um, that that's not a fear that we need to be afraid of because we know that the narrow path is what leads to salvation. The broad path is what leads to destruction. But um, the reason why all these popular these mega churches exist oftentimes is that they're making compromises. If they're saying things like what. Um, women can't be pastors and they make compromises. They start uh, elevating women pastors and elders, um, even though that goes against what scripture has to say. Um, or, or I mentioned creation. You know, people say, oh, you can't believe in creation. You work in science. Uh, you need to believe in science. All these other reasons. Um, uh, or uh, now I think uh, more in, in our context is definitely the gender issue. Uh, or oh, what you believe that God only made male and female, you believe that marriage is only between a man, a man and a woman. That's that's too backwards. Uh, you're a bigot, and uh, and and uh, you need to let go of these things. And a lot of churches have given um, given way to it, and oftentimes it's given way to other Christians that claim to be Christians, these liberal Christians that claim that they are followers of God. In reality, they are radically different because of the way they think about God and the way that they live out scripture. And again, holding down the fort in terms of biblical truth is going to cause people to not like us because our existence will constantly be a, a prick into uh, their conscience. We're constantly going to remind them that they're wrong, that they're, the way that they live their life is contrary to biblical truth. And why persecution happens is because they want to silence um, uh, being reminded that uh, that that their that their life is wrong before not just to us but mainly to the Lord, so that's just going to be the expectation for us as Christians. Why does persecution happens? And it's be- the reason why it happens is because Christian makes exclusive claims, and when we make exclusive claims, when we live a way that's exclusive to Scripture, uh, is is going to cause people to be angry at us. But don't fear it because this is something that Jesus has said in the past that will happen. Um, it, uh, and this goes all the way back to Genesis. Uh, and when Cain and Abel, uh, the reason wasn't so much that Cain had fruits. The issue was that Cain wanted to worship God in his own terms, and that's why his sacrifice wasn't acceptable. Cain could have you know, sold some of those fruits for an animal, uh, but he didn't. He wanted to worship God his way, and, and that's why his... Um, Sacrifice was unacceptable to the Lord, and we and that's the same way for us to even today. God wants us to worship Him uh, a specific way. He wants us to know Him exclusively, because He's the only one that uh, that can give us salvation. So that's why the world persecute us. They persecute us because our life and our faithfulness to the Lord reminds them that their way is ultimately false. Tomorrow, we're going to look at um, how to endure it. So for today, we'll look at why does it happen. Tomorrow, we're going to look at how to endure persecution. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a blessed day.